have been in this series called We Are Second. And if you're new here or newer, um, it is a great series to be a part of because We Are Second is an identity series. It kind of is establishing some things in us then in on kind of like the getting us all on the same page to kind of understand like how do we roll here what's this place all about and so we've been looking at things we've been talking about the fact that we're second to him we're second to jesus we say it on the walls we say it when we talk about why the name second place it's because jesus is first and so we talked about the fact that we're second to him the second week we talked about the fact that we're second to his call the call of God is actually the, the priority, and, and it is the thing that takes precedent over our call and us making the call. And then last week, we said that we are second to his questions. Now, we all have questions, but we're second to his questions. And those questions that we have are important. His are a little bit more like direct and right to our soul. And so there were four questions we looked at last week. Did anybody dig into those at all? A little bit? Okay, good, awesome. And one of the things I wanted to highlight is that we do a second podcast. And the second podcast is something that we produce that talks about the message over the weekend. We kind of like freestyle it, we talk about it, and and we unpack it a little bit. And this past week, we released four separate second podcasts. It's on our feed, you can find them, they're numbered. So I think it's like number 91, 2, and 3, or something like that. And there's four of them. And we talked about one of those four questions in each of the podcasts. Different guests came on and talked about those questions. I was on for the second question, which was, what do you want me to do for you? When Jesus talked to blind Bartimaeus and asked him what he wanted him to do for him. And um, it was awesome to be able to be connected. And I will tell you that the second podcast, that even a podcast can be used by God and see people affected I don't know if you guys believe that. I think you do, but um, it's really cool. You should check it out. It's an unpacking of those questions from last week, a little bit more, a little bit further. Super cool. But today is, uh, is a little bit, and as I was speaking this message yesterday in the service, I, I realized about halfway through that it was a little bit on a nerve than what I had realized, but we're going to talk about priorities today and the fact that his priorities come before our priorities. We're second to his priorities. How many of you guys have ever had this said to you? Your priorities are out of whack. Anybody? Yeah, okay, keep your hand up if you've ever been told, man, your priority, priorities are in whack. No, like, what, is, what does that mean? James, you've had that said? Like, I, I was like, what does it mean to be out of whack and why is it in whack? Why is that not a thing? And I looked it up and I, it's not a thing, but... Whack means disordered. It means out of order, kind of just bizarre. And, and so how many of you ever had this said to you, like, you need to get your priorities straight, right? And priorities are interesting because, well, we have a lot of them. You know, our priorities are all over the board sometimes. I mean, we've got priorities where work is a priority. Family's a priority. Making more money is a priority. Getting my degree is a priority. Eating food is priority. All these things are priorities. But if you were to like really look at those priorities, what would be number one? Like if you, were, if you got quiet and you sat with God for a second and somebody told you, write down your priorities, what would you put 
number one. What would be your number one priority? You see, I think if you're like me, your priorities are kind of like my priorities. They're yours and they're mine, and so they're very selfish. I, I, I want, like, lunch is a priority right after this service. That's a priority for me because I'm going to be hungry, right? Yeah. And, and there's a priorities that I need to, to make sure, like, I want my life to be a certain way. And so I have my priorities. And a lot of times my priorities are, I mean, for the most part, very self-serving because, well, they're my priorities. But God's priorities are different. I was reading um, this week, and there's a, a passage that really stuck out to me. And, and this is from a book called Ordering Your Private World. It's an old book, but it's a great book. And, and the author says this. He says, there were these certain people, these certain people that they would, they would watch what Jesus did, they would listen to what Jesus said, and they would take his questions seriously. So they would watch what he would do, they would listen to what he would say, and they would take his questions seriously. And he goes on to say, he says, those people, apart from anybody else, those people that did that, Jesus did something interesting. First, he exponentially spent more time with them. If you watch what he did, if you watched and listened to what he said, took his questions seriously, he would spend exponentially more time with you. And then the second thing is, is that what was true of these people is that their lives were completely transformed. And, and today, here's what I'm going to tell you. I can see by the fact that you are here today and maybe listening online that you are here and that this was a priority for you to get here. And if it wasn't a priority for you to get here, it was a priority for somebody else to drag you here, all right? Because you're here. And if you watch what Jesus does, and if you listen to what he says, and if you take his questions seriously, I believe that he is going to exponentially transform your life. And so what I want to do today is I want us to look at God's priorities, Jesus' priorities, and look at them in a little bit, in a way that allows us to see, like, where is the emphasis? What is going on? And we're going to find out a few things. Number one, we're going to find that, they, that Jesus oftentimes prioritizes the Father prioritizes the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit prioritizes Jesus and the Father, and the Father prioritizes Jesus. And there's this beautiful trinity that's working together, pointing to each other, saying, this is important. The other thing that we're going to see is that the priorities of God, and we have to remember this, is that they're always, always, always about healing, wholeness, health. God's priorities are, are really what bring life to us. And so we're going to look at a few passages. They're going to help us kind of like unravel this a little bit. And the first one is in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And before I read from there, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good God, and we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the example of priorities with Jade and with James and Ethan. Lord, these individuals, this family has prioritized you and so, Lord, we see a living example of this message already. And, Lord, we pray right now that as we open up your word, that you would speak to us, that our heart would be open, that our eyes can see. And, Lord, you are the teacher. We are the student. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. So Luke 2, 49 is that passage in, in that moment when Jesus gets lost for three days. Like, has anybody lost a kid for three days and wants to admit it? No? Like, that's DCFS call, like, right, right away, right? 
But, you know, that wasn't happening here. But, you know, Mary finds Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and they ask him where he'd been. And he responds. He says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I love the New King James Version when it says, I had to be about my father's business. Did you not understand that my priority was the father's business, the father's work? Jesus, at an early age, before his truly public ministry starts, he prioritizes what the Father is wanting him to do at a young, young age. Then we see, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, this is the part in Jesus' story when John the Baptist baptizes him, and as he comes up out of the water, a voice from heaven says this, there is my, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. This is an endorsement by the father of Jesus, saying that this is the one, this is the Messiah, this is the one you've been looking for. He is the priority now. I want to watch him. And so then that kicks off this public ministry for Jesus. So Jesus says, I'm all about the Father's business. And then the Father says, Jesus is the one. I am pleased with him. And then you go to towards the end of Jesus' ministry. Young boy, start of his ministry, now towards the end in John 14. If you want to turn there, John 14, verse 26. This is a part in the story where Jesus is telling his disciples that he's not going to be around a lot longer, that he's going to be leaving. And he says that this, though, is what's going to happen. An advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus, while he's saying, you're not going to be able to see me. I'm not going to be here with you in the same way that I'm with you now because I'm going to send someone else. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so he points to the Holy Spirit and he kind of prioritizes that. And he's pointing and saying, this is the one that's going to teach you all the things. And so you see that you've got Jesus pointing to the Father, Jesus pointing to the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, in verse 31 of John 14, it says this, But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me to do. And so Jesus says, no, the Holy Spirit is actually going to point back to me and back to the Father. So Jesus, they're all pointing at each other. Are, are you getting this? Yeah? Yeah. Like, they're all, like, what, but... But what I think we can take away from this, it's interesting, is that the Trinity prioritized the other. Like Jesus is like, hey, you know, I, got, I know I'm in trouble. Um, I'm about my father's business. That's my priority. The father says, this is my son. I am pleased with him. How many of us kids wish our dads would have said that? The Holy Spirit is like, hey, it's Jesus. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Spirit, again, points us back to Jesus again because it says in 12.3, it says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So like if you're here today and be like, I've got Jesus first in my life, thank the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the only way you can figure that out. You can't figure it out without him. So the Holy Spirit's pointing back to Jesus again. So there's something about these priorities. There's something about these priorities that is, that is telling us something about our priorities. 
Why are God's priorities important? Why is it that, you know, there's something about saying that Jesus says, you know, I'm all about my father's business. You know, when, when you walk around, like, what are your priorities? And if someone were to stop you and say, you know, you know, Katie, I haven't seen you in like three days. Um, what's going on? And you're like, hey, you know what? I'm just being about my father's business. You know, nobody does that, right? That'd be weird. But I mean, if you were to like really ratchet down and think about it, like, where is that? Because there's some validity to that question. There is something to say, like, like where is God's desires in my priority list? Like, where does that fall? And I think that God's priorities and this idea that we're to, to follow the, the watch what Jesus did and listen to what he said, and we should follow that. We should follow him and we should say, all right, well, if he's prioritizing the father's business, then what does it look like for me to do that? And why is that important? I think part of the reason that that's important is this. Um, how many of you have ever driven to Los Angeles from Chicago? Awesome. It is, um, we did that a few years ago. Uh, we did a family trip, went to the West Coast, and we started by going east. And we went all the way around the world to L.A. We didn't do that. But you can get to L.A. by going east from here. You can get there. You just have to go across a lot of water. All right? You can do it. See some amazing places. Then you get to L.A. You're like, why did I get here? So... But you can get there that way. But there's a better way to go. There's a probably, and even if you go west from Chicago, there's a lot of ways to go. You want to go a little Route 66. You want to go I-80. You want to go up to North Dakota, a little Montana, Wyoming. Whatever. What do you want to do? We did, we did Texas. We went to Texas. We did Arizona. And we, like, went up to San Diego. You know, oh, it's so great. But there's a lot of ways to get places. And, and, and I believe that God's priorities in our life, the reason they're important is because they give us the best route to where we're going. And actually, this is a nugget for you because I didn't say it this morning. God's priorities call us. Your priorities drive you. Let me say that again. The difference between dr being driven and being called. Some of you are driven by your priorities. I am driven to get my degree. I am driven to get that promotion. I am driven to make that, that, that happen in my life. I am driven to find that special someone. I am driven to have a ring by spring. Half the room gagged and the other half was like, yeah. But you're driven, and let me tell you, when you are driven by your priorities, you are driven by your priorities. So what ends up happening is you almost just release your agency, your will, and your priorities begin to dictate to you what your life looks like. You want the promotion? You better put in the time. You want the money? You better do this. You want the degree? You want this? And so your, your priorities drive you. But there's something interesting because when we shift gears and we allow God's priorities to infiltrate our priorities, what ends up happening is we're not driven to something, we're called by something. And when we get called by something, 
that brings us life because we have purpose. We're not being driven into something that we're not sure about because we're just allowing it to dictate to us either by people or by stuff or by things or by status or by whatever, our desires. But when God calls us, we're called to something and, our, and his priorities do that in us. That was for somebody, I don't know who. Maybe it was for me. But I think that a lot of us can ignore God's priorities. We can say, ah, no big deal. God's work doesn't make a deal. I, you know, I don't, I don't have a, any way to figure that out. I don't know how God's priorities could ever overlap my priorities. But I'm telling you right now, if you spend a little time, you can see that Jesus shows us that there are things that we can prioritize. And I'll say this now. You know what? It may be that you want to have a lot of money because you didn't have money when you were a kid. Let me tell you, it might not be. Usually, our priority is a bit skewed. And a lot of times our priority is either skewed or it's really just off completely. So it might, might be that, that your priority is to, to have a lot of money because you never had it, but really what the priority is for God for you is for you to be generous no matter what your bank account looks like. Think about the difference between making a priority of getting more money or making the priority being generous. Think about the difference. And I believe when God redeems your priorities, he redeems that path and he allows you to route in that direction, in a way that brings you life. Is anybody with me? We'll keep going with the three of us. Our priorities, when left unchecked, our priorities can rob us. Our priorities can rob us. They can, they get, now, the scriptures are clear that the enemy is out there. Man, the enemy is, is, a, is, a, is prowling like a lion looking to whom he can devour. You know, John 10 talks about him, that he is a thief that comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and I'm going to give you a secret that I've seen in my own life, and people have, have kind of like amen this and like said, yep, that's, I've seen that in my own life. Is this, is, this is interesting because my guess is that most of us in the room, now I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying most of us in the room, have said, you know what? Yeah, Jesus first. Got it. Got it. No, no doubt. I have made the choice to put Jesus first. You don't have an identity crisis because you've somehow stepped over the line and said, yep, Jesus first. I got you. Now, some of us have not made that step, and that's cool. We respect that journey. Jesus said, follow me, not, not believe in me, and we're all about working and, and following, and we're going to find, and we're going to see that sometimes we need to belong before we believe, all of that stuff. Man, we welcome you here. We love the fact that you're here. Let's go explore faith together. It's awesome. But uh, there's some of us in the room that have said, yep, Jesus first. You got it. You don't have an identity problem. So here's the thing. Why is it that sometimes it seems that Jesus kind of just, it comes down a couple snatches. What, what is that all about? I want to tell you how the enemy works. The one that's prowling around, you know, is he just slowly, it's like he's like, hey, look over there. And he slowly moves Jesus out of the number one spot. Just ever so slightly, you don't even notice he just moves Jesus out of that number one slot. And guess what goes in the number one slot? He doesn't care. It can be anything. Money, job, person, relationships, success, status, car, girl, guy, doesn't matter. He could care less. Dog, doesn't matter. 
He doesn't care what's in number one slot as long as it's not God. And it does, now, let's just get real. How does this happen? It happens very slowly over time. So it happens like this. You know what? I don't really feel like going to church today. Now, how many, are you going to really, are you going to really like have like a brutal life if you miss church one day? Yes, you will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like everything's not going to unravel that day, right? I mean, it's, gonna, it's not going to be like that day, like everything blows up. It's just, it's just like, just, and then it's like, oh, you know what? I don't really feel like praying today. I mean, oh, you know what? I don't really feel like reading the Bible today. I don't really feel like being nice today. I don't really feel like being like, you know, generous or like think of other people. I just want to like, I just want to binge like Netflix, whatever. I just want month later, two months later, man, I can't remember the last time I prayed. And I, I got so much going on. And when our priority, when that number one slot gets moved and it's not God, what ends up happening is like you have all the stuff that happens. You get the diagnosis from the doctor. You have the, the relationship that, that falls apart. You've got the job struggles that are going on. You've got this thing from your past that was that keeps coming back to you. And then you start trying to fix it all. You're like, oh, you know what? I can do it. I can do it. I just need to work harder. I just need to do this. I need to maybe say some nicer things over here. I need to make sure that this happens over here. I need to make sure I turn my homework in on time. All this stuff happens. And what you realize real quick is you forgot to talk to God about any of it. And God is now somewhere on your list down lower, and you're like, what happened? And the enemy's going, man, stop looking at your priorities. It doesn't matter because as soon as you wake up, and some of you are waking up to this today, and it's just, I don't know why, but it's the weekend of priorities, and, and we're looking at it, we're like, the enemy doesn't want me to look at this. He doesn't want me to reshuffle my priorities. He doesn't want me to reestablish and let Jesus be number one. I say it, I say it, I show up to church, I do these things, but oh man, somehow the enemy doesn't want me to look at this. And I'm telling you right now, look at it because this is what unlocks life in your life. God's priorities bring health, healing, redemption, wholeness. That's what it brings. Our priorities, left unchecked, what they do is they trap us. They can trap our dreams. They can trap our desires. They can trap our time. Have, has anybody had like priorities when you just kind of like realize one day you wake up, you're like, wow, man, I have so many things that I need to do like this second. Like why is it that way? Your priorities are starting to demand your time, your money, and your talents, and your skills. Our priorities take life. They take those things from us. And our priorities can even eventually destroy the things in our life that we hope for that are planted there by God. They can destroy our dreams because we'll say things like, you know what, I have this dream. And someday I want to be able to do this thing right here. But right now I've got to do this because so-and-so said I needed to. Because this is what my priority is. But my dream, let me tell you. And then a year or two goes by and this dream just slowly fades away. And the risk in you, the desire to take that risk and to step out boldly begins to wane. And the next thing you know, that dream is gone. It takes away our desires too. It takes away our time, our money. It destroys those things. It can, our priorities that can start out good, work or, or, or status or achievement can start out as good, positive things, but they can rob and take and destroy our families. It can take our marriage and destroy it because we've prioritized something else other than our spouse. These are the, this is the severity of priorities in our life. And he does it by slowly slowly changing them. Well, to wrap up, 
the beginning of Jesus' ministry or beginning of his life, you know, he's, I'm all about my father's business. And then at the beginning of his ministry, he's like, hey, you know what? This is, this is uh, my, my, my son who I'm well pleased. And this is, he begins to kick off that ministry. And then at the end of his ministry, Jesus shows us what it's like to hold true to your priorities to the end. In Luke 22, 42, as he's in the garden and he's pondering this idea that he is going to go to the cross, he knows what the Father's business is and it involves and it requires him to give his life on the cross and he's like, listen, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But then he makes a priority statement and he says, yet not my will, but yours be done. He holds true to his priorities to the very end. This is the guy that we're supposed to pay attention to. This is the guy that we're supposed to watch. And if we do, he will transform our lives. So how do you do this? How do you take the Son of God who shows us the example and how do you begin to map this out for your life? How do you, how do you move beyond an identity crisis? Because many of you have. You have established that Jesus is number one in your life. After you have established that, you don't have an identity crisis anymore. What you have is a discipline crisis. Sorry to use the D word. It's a discipline crisis. And there's things that we say. There's things that, oh, you know what? Um, I don't necessarily need to go to church. I don't necessarily need to do this. And it's not about going to church. I don't need to be, you know, a, a great, you know, follower of Jesus. Um, it reminds me of, uh, I have to share this story because it helps us understand so, so beautifully what happens. Um, uh, Sarah's dad, um, my father-in-law also, um, is uh, 79, right? 79? And so we were talking this week in, in, in our kitchen, and, and he was, you know, when you're 79, I mean, whatever you want to talk about, you know what I mean? I hope that people are just cool with that with me too. You know, yeah, there you go. And he was talking about how he was still feeling strong. Yeah, that's cool. And he's like, you know, I feel like I still got it in the biceps, you know? I was like, yeah. Where is this going? And he said, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I put a kid that was bothering me. I put this kid in a chokehold, and I just kind of give it to him. And my arms, you know, still strong. I give it to him. And I choked him, and, and he, never, he never bothered me again. I was like, hmm. I was like, am I in trouble? Like, <laughs> you know, oxygen is a priority. Oxygen is a priority. You don't notice that it's a priority until you don't have it. You see, a lot of us have fooled ourselves to think that some of our priorities are oxygen and bring life to us, but they don't. We've been fooled into thinking that our priorities are bringing us life, but they don't. And what we need to do is we need to flip the script and we need to give a little chokehold to the devil and say, listen, I'm looking at my priorities. And then he won't bother you again, Hannah. So, so how do you do this? Let me tell you how you do it because we got to like roll, right? And, and 
the band can come up. Um, sure, slow. I got a second, but you're good, man. Well, come on up. Um, how do you do it? Because this is the worst. Like, it's like, all right, well, I just need to, okay. So it's, it's all about the beef jerky. If you don't know what the beef jerky is, it's a couple messages ago. It's on the, it's on the whatever, the feed. It's all about perseverance, about discipline. It's about focus. It's about keeping your eye on Jesus. And so there's things, there's sequence to your priorities. That's what we've been talking about this whole time, sequence. What's number one? What's number two? How do you keep Jesus there? This is part of how you do it. It's about understanding the sequence. It's also about the pace. Some of you are, are focusing on a priority that is important, but it's just not important right now. It's not supposed to be a priority for you right now. Ring by spring, maybe it's not a priority right now for you, all right? Does he want you to meet somebody? Yes. But maybe, I'm just saying, maybe it's not the priority right now. So pace is important. But locking it in needs that, that discipline and that repetition, that idea that this is not an identity issue and we want to focus on that identity issue, but sometimes you need to acknowledge and say, hey, James, you came up out of the water. You are a new man. Like, you are new. God has created you new. And some of us need to walk in that and not question it so much and to understand that that is who God has made us to be. So then we begin to, to, to tackle the discipline piece. So how does Jesus... How does Jesus enable us to keep him first? It's a really great thing that you guys are familiar with. It's called communion. It's called communion. And, and, and what it is, is Jesus, before uh, the night that he, he went to the cross... He talked about the fact that I'm, I'm leaving. And he said that every time that you take the bread and every time that you drink the cup, every single time, what's going to happen is you're going to remember what I did. And what did he do? He prioritized you and me. He prioritized the other. What does that look like in our lives? What does it look like for you to point your life in a direction and to point to others, to put others first? Because that's what we see Jesus do, especially at the cross. And the first weekend of the month, you guys can pass it out. And the first weekend of the month, we always take communion. And you guys have been around here. If you haven't been around here, what we usually do is we have communion at the back tables. And any time during the music, you can get up and take communion. But today we're passing it. Because we're going to prioritize Jesus right now. I know a guy who, a buddy of mine, who takes communion every single morning at the breakfast table. And he doesn't wait for us to just take it every once a month, right? And I've done this at times where we take communion. Um, I've taken communion more often than just once a month. And, and here's what I will tell you. When you prioritize Jesus that way, it becomes very easy to catch yourself and to run back to Jesus. Because when you prioritize Jesus going to the cross and you think about the body and you think about the blood and you realize that, man, this is refocusing my life. Jesus knew that we needed this, guys. He knew that we needed to partake in this to keep him first. You can apply all the discipline you want, and I hope you do. And I hope that you can take steps in your own life to make it happen and to, to build accountability in your life. There's people in this room that nobody knows where you're at. There's people in this room that nobody has access to your heart. And I'm going to challenge you now to give access to somebody you trust. How are you really doing? But communion today is for us to prioritize Jesus. So 
Some of you and most of you have the bread now. And I want you to just slow down a second. And I want you to think about what Scripture says. By his stripes, we are healed. I want you to think about the fact that Jesus' body was broken. It was broken for you. I want you to think about the places in your life where you need healing, where you need wholeness, where you need health. I want you to think about the places that you need emotional healing, you need physical healing, you need mental healing, you need relational healing. I want you to think about those places, and I want you to think about that what we're remembering right now, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me, the fact that I gave my life and I allowed my body to be broken for your healing. So God, we remember right now. And Lord, with all the different things that are racing through our minds, Lord, we take a moment of clarity right now to remember your body that was broken on the cross. And Lord, we want to walk in that healing now. We receive that. I remember you, God. In Jesus' name. Let's take the bread together. And now you have the cup. have the cup, the blood of Jesus that was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. I want you to think about all the things you're not proud of, the things that you've said, done, thoughts that you've had, things that you've said, oh God, I'm so not proud of that. And I want you to understand and think about the fact that what we know from Scripture and what we see in our lives and experience is the forgiveness of sin because of His blood. This cup that you're about to take is the difference between you living in despair and in towards destruction or living with hope and with life. The blood was poured out for your forgiveness. An ancient, an ancient requirement by God that there must be the death and the blood of something in order to cover sin. And so God, right now, we just remember. We're not proud of what we say and what we do. And Lord, we need to be forgiven on a daily basis. But Lord, we right now, we remember. And Lord, we prioritize you. And we remember that your blood was poured out for us and for our forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross. Let's take the cup together. Let's stand and, and get ready to sing and to allow Jesus to take first place in this room. Lord, we just ask right now that as we go into these songs, Lord God, that you would be lifted high that you would not hear our words to you, Lord God, as lyrics, but as cries from the depths of our soul. Lord, that you would allow us to truly be healed in the next few moments. Lord, that we would experience that forgiveness and that healing, Lord God, that is promised to us. Lord, we love you. We want your priorities 
to be ours. We want you to be our priority. So, so we allow you to take first place right now. In Jesus' name. what, um, as we go, what I would just say to you is that um, following Jesus is, is, not, is not easy, it's hard, but you can do it. I don't know if you need to hear that today, but you can do it, and it's not you that does it, it's him in you that does it, and that's why you can do it, is because he's in you, and you walk with power, you walk with confidence, and you can continue to prioritize Jesus in first place second. So second place as you go. May we be light in dark places. May we be second. May we prioritize the other before ourselves. In our marriages, in our friendships, in our families, in our work. Help us, God, to, to live out of the priorities that you set for us. 